Welcome back, everyone. It is Tuesday, September 5th. I hope everyone had a great Labor Day weekend. We had a really hot one here in New York, Tri-State. Um, went to a few barbecues and just tried to stay out of the heat um, and tried to avoid heat exhaustion. But hope everyone uh, had a great um, time with your friends, family, and fur babies. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to be back uh podcasting, sharing content on Substack, had uh, a very nice weekend away from the markets to kind of just pause and refresh the brain. Um, Let's jump into today's market. There's a lot to cover. I'll try to do this in under 15 minutes today. But looking at the breadth numbers today, we had 152 new highs, 253 new lows, so a little bit bearish, but I'll kind of go into complexion in a little bit. Um, and when you take a look at shares trading below the 50-day moving average, uh, if you recall last week going into Labor Day weekend, we were as low as 50, like 8% uh, of shares under the 50-day. But after today's close, we have about 63% trading under the 50-day so some deterioration on that front and we had about 23% of issues advancing today versus 73% declining when you take a look at the complexion of the day we actually opened up pretty good Uh, when you look at the Dow um, you know right about where we closed previous day on on, um, Friday and it looked it was green. It looked like it was going to just keep going. Um, but the NASDAQ kind of opened below the open of last week, as did the S&P. Um, they both fought back till about 11-ish, 11.30-ish, and then gave up the ghost. Uh, the Russell 2000 was very weak today. It closed down to over 2%. And it closed below the 50-day moving average. So that's not really good. Um, I had posted on Substack Notes that uh, midday, um, it looked like everything was red except for the Magnificent 7. And I also noted that the 10-year yield was spiking. The 10-year yield basically um, fought back all of the losses last week and close the day near the highs so same thing right i always say look someone's lying here you can't have strong dollar strong 10-year treasury notes and a strong stock market typically it will resolve itself within that day or within a day or two um so that's what happened during the close you know like it was a very sneaky close if you just look at prices And like in the last 15 minutes, it just sold off. But if you take a look at some of the breadth charts, which I have been sharing on Substack Notes, you'll see that if you were paying attention to breadth during the day, it would have kept you on the sidelines. Or if you're short uh, or leaning to go short, it would have uh, pressed you to go short uh, intraday, like during the middle of the day. Um... Let's see what else I can cover today. Uh, a lot went on. I think 
Um, when you take a look at um, the financials, also closed below the 50-day moving average, which is not good at all. Um, the home builders, you know, and I can't say this is common sense because they've been bucking the trend despite rising yields. You know, there's the whole story about Warren Buffett and Berkshire buying several home builders and investing there. Um, there's been, you know, a tailwind for the builders because rates are so high, they still have enough margin to discount and buy down the rate for 30 years for new home buyers, basically having the entire industry to themselves. But today, with yield spiking, for whatever reason, all of the home builders, all of the home building ETFs like ITB, XHB, IYR, which is more commercial, and IYR wasn't down as much as the others, but when you look at ITB, XHB, Lennar, Pulte, TriPoint Homes, Kehovanian, KB Homes, Toll Brothers, DR Horton, Beezer Homes, they were all down. They were down anywhere from 2.5% to over 5.5% today. So that was one of the weakest sectors. Um, I had uh, saw that um, Nick Geerly from ReVenture Consulting posted a short video on YouTube of customers lining up for gas at Costco. Nothing new, right? Um, I used to have a Costco membership uh, when I wasn't in Manhattan. And yeah, you're going to take advantage of that and, and get those savings. However, uh, you know, these lines are getting longer and longer and people are waiting 30 minutes to an hour to save five to six dollars on their gas purchase so that kind of tells me that you know the consumer is getting squeezed and uh, i'll share a link to another great video by wealthy on and adam taggart uh who interviewed uh i forget her name amy nixon who is better known on twitter as as uh texas runner dfw for dallas fort worth and they go through the airbnb bust and the reason why I'm bringing this up is today in New York City, the laws go into effect for short-term rentals. And it becomes much harder for short-term rental owners to list on VRBO and Airbnb. Some of the restrictions, number one and first and foremost, you have to register with the mayor's office here and also let them know who is going to be the primary resident of that short-term rental property so you have no longer the guise of you know uh hiding um who is actually living there which you know if you're not doing something copacetic your co-op board or your condo association might not be too cool with it um just on who lives there right then you have uh this new rule where you can only uh book two adults at a time Right, so you can't have five adults come in, you know, to kind of party and squish into a New York City apartment trying to uh, bypass the hotel rates. Another restriction is uh, basically if you are the short-term rental owner, you have to be present, not like at check-in to pass them the keys. You have to actually be present while your guests are there at night, at the daytime. So. You can no longer list the entire property. Like if you have a two-bedroom apartment, three-bedroom apartment, or even a studio, 
the owner has to be occupying the unit. Uh, I don't know about you, but if you're a tourist and you're coming to New York with a couple or you know a couple and, and a kid, you know you're probably not going to want to live in someone's apartment in the bedroom uh, and have to share a bathroom with that person because most two bedrooms, not all, most are two bedroom, one bath. It's very rare you see two bedroom, one and a half bath or two bedroom, two bath. Uh, so I think that's going to be very restrictive moving forward. Um, so that's why I'm bringing that up and I will link that video in the show notes. Um, you know, if I had to sum this up, right, you, you have to watch yields, you have to watch the 50-day moving average because everything, when I say everything, I'm talking about like the Magnificent Seven, the uh, indices, they're all hovering right at, right above or right below the 50-day moving average. And if we don't hold this level with some volume and with some strength to get out of this, you know, range, this uh, tractor beam of 50-day moving average, more often than not, because the, uh, the trend for the past few weeks has been down, more likely than not, if we stay here near the 50-day, we are going to zoom south uh, and probably test the 100-day. And hey, if that doesn't hold, we're definitely going to see the 200-day. Um, typically, September, October has been uh, historically uh, weaker, but you know anything can happen right now with the Fed and the news flow. Um, when I take a look at the close today, like around 3:55, there was a heavy rug pull. Uh, I will post the charts of the breath. Uh, um, numbers for volume up down as well as shares up down on the NYSE and you could just tell even during uh, the lunch break on there was really no good buying volume uh, on breath so that's why I was saying earlier if you wanted to go short or if you just wanted to not participate breath would have kept you out of that rug pull at the end of the day uh, looking at all the sectors, pretty much everything was green except for technology and energy. Energy has been bullish for a few sessions now, which should be very concerning for um, folks who are hoping that inflation goes down because energy is a very big component of inflation outside of like housing, rent and mortgage and food. We, we spend a lot on energy. And technology uh, actually closed green, but 0.3%. It was barely green. And uh, when I take a look at like what contributed to that today, um, Microsoft was up 1.4%. And Google was pretty much flat, but Meta was up 1.27%. Um, NVIDIA, where did NVIDIA close at? Why can't I find it? NVIDIA closed uh, up 39 cents, so that's pretty much flat. Uh, Tesla, I'm sorry, that's why tech was leading. Tesla was up 4.6% today, but every other sector was red uh, outside of energy and tech, energy and Tesla. Um, 
when I look at the futures prices now, it's 9.22. The Dow is up eight points. The S&P 500 futures is down about two and a half points. Uh, and the NASDAQ 100 futures is down 20 points. So tech is leading down right now in the overnight session for futures. Let's see what happens tomorrow. When I take a look at the uh, eco economic calendar this week, it's, um, let's see, on Wednesday, we have the Boston Fed President, uh, Susan Collins, speaking at 8.30. We have the trade deficit at 8.30, ISM numbers at 10. Thursday, you have initial jobless claims. It's going to be important. Um, as well as uh, at 9 o'clock, you have Philadelphia Fed President Patrick Harker, who's also speaking. Uh, we have a few other uh, Fed speakers, like at 3.30, the New York Fed President John Williams is speaking. So Thursday, there seems to be some headline risk for Fed heads. And Friday, you'll have wholesale inventories uh, and consumer credit, which I will be uh, watching closely because I think the consumer is really tapped out right now. Um, let's see. Uh, what was strong today? Outside of what I've already covered, uh, Airbnb was actually strong today because they're being included into the S&P 500. So you're going to naturally have uh, the, uh, the uh, firms on Wall Street purchasing Airbnb so that they can have the allocation ready to go for the S&P 500. I think it's a very odd time to be putting Airbnb into the S&P 500 right now. I mentioned Tesla was up. Uh, yields were up. What was weak today? The broad market was, they sold off at, at the end of the day. The Russell 2000 looked putrid. The mid caps, M, Michael, D, um, David, Y, Yellow. Uh, that was also down today. Bonds were down. Gold was pressured because of the strength in the dollar and the yields. And I mentioned financials, close below the 50-day moving average, not too good. Uh, what to watch outside of the academic data I just mentioned, beat a Hawkeye on yields and watch the Magnificent Seven, watch what happens with NVIDIA uh, as it approaches like you know the pop of the earnings from a few weeks ago or two weeks ago, and just watch in general the Magnificent Seven. And that's it for today. Uh, welcome back to the trading week. It's going to be a short one since we lost Monday, but I will see you on the next podcast episode. Later.